Hello and welcome to Bill's Facebook Live Studies. Hopefully you are able to view this. I'm looking forward to our study time uh, today. My name is Bill Allen and I'm excited about uh, sharing with you from the book of Genesis um, from West Irwin Church of Christ in beautiful downtown Tyler. It's a middle of January day in Texas and glad that you are able to join along with me. On these Facebook studies, as we go through this year, this calendar year, we're looking at uh, the uh, Daily Bible edited by F. Lagarde Smith. It's the Daily Bible in chronological order. And if you've never read through the Bible before in a year, I challenge you to do that. If you haven't started yet, then get started with today's reading. And you're going to be a, a while behind. I think today's reading uh, begins with chapter 31. And that's where we'll be looking at starting in just a few moments. I'm glad to have you along for the ride. Looking forward to this study today and also the study on Thursday, which will focus more on the life and uh, times of Joseph, Abraham's great-grandson, and uh, the beloved son of Jacob and his wife, uh, Rachel. But let's talk for a moment about how we got here. Uh, remember, God called Abraham when he was Abram, known as Abram in Genesis chapter 12. Abraham and his wife Sarah had no children, and yet God told them, I'm going to bless all the descendants of the earth, all the peoples of the earth, through your descendant, through your seed. And that would ultimately be fulfilled in Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus, a descendant of Abraham and Sarah through their uh, son of promise, Isaac, that they had oh, when they were very old. Abraham was 100, Sarah was 90, and yet Isaac was born. And Isaac grew up and married uh, Rebekah, and um, uh, they were quite in love, as we saw uh, last time. They, too, did not have a child uh, for a while. And then finally, Rebekah was able to conceive and delivered uh, twins, Esau and Jacob. Esau, the older uh, Jacob the younger, and yet God told her from very early that the younger uh, would be served by the older, even though typically that's not the way that happens. And so sure enough, as we know those familiar stories, uh, Esau sold his birthright uh, as the oldest son to Jacob for a, a bowl of stew when he was so hungry coming in from the field. And then later when his father, father was on his deathbed, uh, Jacob uh, contrived with his mother, Rebecca, and uh, was able to uh, take the blessing that uh, their blind father was uh, planning to give to Esau, yet he gave it uh, to Jacob. And so because of that, uh, Jacob uh, had to leave, and he, uh, his mother had him sent away to her relative's homeland to uh, find a wife and to be safe from his brother Esau, who vowed that he would uh, kill his brother because of what uh, he had done in deceiving him and stealing his uh, place in the line, although Esau pretty much gave it away uh, himself. And so Jacob goes to uh, his mother's brother, to Uncle Laban, and uh, there, as we saw this last uh, week, um, married uh, Leah, uh, his um, uh, uh, Laban's oldest daughter, and Rachel, uh, his younger daughter, even though uh, it was Rachel that Jacob truly loved uh, because he got a taste of his own medicine when his father-in-law Laban deceived him 
and uh, and Jacob was too drunk to realize it. He ended up marrying Leah at first, and then and after working seven years for Rachel, uh, but um, worked seven more years and uh, was able to marry uh, Rachel as well. Uh, and then the childbearing <laughs> began. Jacob, uh, the father of the nation in a way, because his father Isaac had, of course, him. Isaac's father Abraham had Isaac. But it was Jacob who had multiple children. And Jacob, who is known uh, for his sons becoming the tribes of Israel that would later become a great and powerful nation. And so... Uh, Jacob has 12 sons and a daughter, ultimately, uh, through his two wives and their servant uh, women. Um, the scripture doesn't out and out condemn that, but we know that it condemns that in other places. And one of the things I think that attests to the Bible's credibility is that the people who are seen as heroes, the people who are seen as uh, individuals that God uses uh, to accomplish his mission in good ways, uh, they're far from perfect, and Jacob is certainly one of those. And I don't think we uh, have to spend a lot of time trying to explain how that could be justified, that he had uh, those uh, four women as his wives and had children through them. Well, we don't have to do that. We know that that's wrong because of what the Bible says. Uh, but it's still a part of the story, and Scripture doesn't uh, shy away from uh, reporting the whole story. And so Jacob has these 12 sons and one daughter, Dinah, um, the oldest son, uh, Reuben, and, uh, from Leah, and then the two sons from, um, uh, from Rachel are Joseph and ultimately uh, Benjamin. And as we have said, Joseph will, take, will be the main character here in just a few chapters. Um, and so all of that is going along. And uh, one of those sons of Jacob uh, and Leah is Judah who would be the ancestor uh, of Jesus Christ. Uh, and another son is Levi, through whom the priestly tribe of Aaron, Moses' brother, would come. And Levi, the ancestor also of John the Baptist and his parents, as they were from the priestly tribe of Aaron. And so we got really through all of that uh, last time, and that brings us to chapter 31, when Jacob says, it's time to leave. God tells him, I want you to leave and go back to your homeland, back to your brother Esau. Very dangerous uh, idea. And yet Jacob and Laban have uh, been at odds with each other at times. Uh, Jacob's uh, property and family has continued to grow and grow because God has blessed him. And, and so they, uh, they have some squabbles over some land and wells and things like that. And uh, Jacob decides uh, to leave. And so he does that, but he does that <laughs> undercover, and he doesn't tell him. And Laban, in all fairness to him, is, does, is not able to kiss his daughters and his grandchildren uh, goodbye. And, and we get that. We understand that that's a very bad thing. And so he chases him down. And in, um, in Genesis chapter 31 is where we come up with that term Mizpah. You've probably heard that term. Mizpah, when they have uh, finally gotten back together and uh, Laban confronts Jacob and, and they really confront each other, uh, they build this, uh, this uh, uh, tower of rocks and they call it Mizpah and they say, let the Lord uh, watch over us uh, when we are separated while we're away from each other. That will do right, uh, but also I'm sure that we'll 
be safe. And so Jacob goes on, and um, as he's going, he's realizing he's going to face his brother Esau, who had said, I'm going to kill you because of what you did to me. And he's been gone for a long, long time. And so as he prepares to go, he sends uh, the family in front of him. Uh, he sends the servants and the servant girls and their children. Uh, he sends Leah and her uh, children, and he sends uh, Rachel and, um, and her children. And now it's, um, hmm, well, now it's time for um, uh, Jacob to meet up with Esau. And so he prays. He prays this prayer in Genesis 32, beginning at verse 9. O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Lord, you who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives, and I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now I have become two camps. Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid he will come and attack me, and also the mothers with their children. But you have said, I will surely make you prosper and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea. Well, that's a great, great prayer. And I'm sure there's at least a little bit of sincerity in that prayer because as, uh, as uh, sinful as Jacob could be at times, uh, he was fearing for his life. And he was answering the call of God, the God of his father and his grandfather, uh, to go back and to meet with his brother Esau and dwell in the land that had been promised uh, to Abraham so long ago. And so he's willing uh, to do that. But as he does that, he spends the night in this place, and it's a very interesting uh, experience. In Genesis 32, beginning at verse 22, that night Jacob got up and took his wives, his female servants, and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok River where he was. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, which means he deceives uh, to the Jews. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Obviously not a man that he had wrestled with that night. Verse 29 of, of Genesis 32, Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask me my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. Well, that's a very interesting story, and it's going to come to play a little bit later as well. Jacob wrestles with this angel, and his name is changed. Uh, later on, we'll see that again in Genesis chapter 35. Uh, but then in chapter 33, Jacob meets Esau, and he sends this all this parade uh, ahead of him. And, um, and it says in Genesis 33, beginning at verse 1, Jacob looked up, and there was Esau, coming with his 400 men. 
So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two female servants. He put the female servants and their children in front, Leah and her children next, and Rachel and Joseph in the rear. He himself went on ahead and bowed down to the ground seven times as he approached his brother. But Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him. He threw his arms around his neck and kissed him, and they wept. Then Esau looked up and saw the women and children. Who are these with you, he asked. Jacob answered, they are the children God has graciously given your servant. Then the female servants and their children approached and bowed down. Next, Leah and her children came and bowed down. Last of all came Joseph and Rachel, and they too bowed down. Esau asked, what's the meaning of all these flocks and herds I met? To find favor in your eyes, my Lord, he said. But Esau said, I already have plenty, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. No, please, said Jacob, if I have found favor in your eyes, accept this gift from me. For to see your face is like seeing the face of God, now that you have received me favorably. The interesting thing about that is that's a variant of what he had just named uh, the place where he had wrestled with God and had seen God face to face. He named it Peniel. And now we see him telling Esau, his brother, to see your face is like seeing the face of God, even though he felt that he had just done that. That's what it means when you forgive. That's the power of forgiveness. That's the power of reconciliation, of restoring relationships. It's just an amazing and beautiful story. Uh, later on, uh, his beloved Rachel will give birth to her second son, Benjamin, but she will die in childbirth. Um, incredible, incredible story. Then that takes us to Genesis 34, and there's this, some chapters in the Bible are just really hard to read, and Genesis 34 is one of those. Uh, Shechem, who lives in the land of the Canaanites, uh, sees uh, Jacob's daughter Dinah and uh, wants her and, and rapes her. And she goes back, and her brothers find out about it, and then later on, her father finds out about it as well. And of course, they're very, uh, very angry. And Shechem comes to them and he wants to marry her. He wants to marry her. And so he says, I'll, I'll do anything. I'll pay anything. And um, he, he says, I, let's, let us make a deal and we'll intermarry with your daughters. Your men can intermarry with ours. And behind the scenes, some of, the, uh, uh, some of his people are saying, hey, won't we be able to take them over and all their stuff will become ours ultimately? Uh, but for Shechem, I think all he sees are the stars in his eyes uh, for Dinah, Jacob's daughter. But it's abhorrent to, the, to, the, to Jacob and his, and, and his sons. And so they come up with a plan. They say, hey, look, we are circumcised. Your, your men are not. It's detestable for us. So here's, here's what you'll have to pay for uh, marrying our daughter and sister. Have all your men be circumcised. And, and they agree. But then when they are really hurting and very, very weak, uh, two of Jacob's uh, sons, uh, Simeon and Levi, uh, go through and they kill all of uh, the men. And uh, it's, again, a very, very difficult chapter uh, to read. Later on, when Jacob is blessing those two sons of his, he'll remember that and he'll mention that exact incident. 
Well, again, in Genesis 35, uh, we read about Jacob's name being changed from Jacob. Uh, he grasps the heel, an idiom for deceiver, which he had, and changes it to Israel. He struggles or wrestles with God. In chapter 35, Rachel dies, giving birth to Benjamin, and then later Isaac dies. And in a very touching scene, he is buried in the cave of Machpelah that belongs to uh, Abraham. And, um, and we see that he is able to, uh, uh, to be there and along with Abraham and Isaac, and, uh, Abraham and Sarah, and now uh, Isaac and his beloved uh, Rebekah. In chapter 36, the descendants of Esau are, are enumerated. Um, and then starting in chapter 37, we get into the story of Jacob. We read about his dreams. We read about his brothers um, very cruelly selling him to travelers who are going to take him to Egypt and becoming a slave and ending up in prison, but ultimately ending up 